It is crossover Thursday. It is time for a week two crossover here for the 2021 season. We have the Tennessee Titans taking on the Seattle Seahawks up in Seattle. I am host Tyler Rowland of the Locked On Titans podcast. We have Corbin Smith, host of the Locked On Seahawks podcast, ready to break everything down for you and get you guys ready to go for this matchup on Sunday night. First and foremost, Corbin, nice to see you and always great to be talking some football. How are you doing this evening? I'm doing great, Tyler. I'm really looking forward to this matchup. This is one of the games that I have had circled on the schedule since it came out that they were going to be playing the Titans, not even when the location of the game was going to be. I was looking forward to this one. Huge Derrick Henry fan. I love the Titans style, their physical smash mouth style they've had for the last several years. And so this is a game that I had bookmarked. And uh, even though last week didn't play out how the Titans wanted it to, I think this is going to be a very intriguing matchup. So looking forward to breaking it down. Yeah, I, I totally agree. I think it is going to be a very fun game to watch. I had this game circled on the calendar as well, but I have to tell you, for different reasons, I think this may be the toughest game the Titans have all year. So excited to talk about the game First and foremost, my question to you here to start things out are just what's the vibe in Seattle right now? What are kind of the, the key storylines coming out of the week one victory over the Indianapolis Colts, which Titans fans will say thank you for as well? Yeah, I've had a few Titans fans actually message me about this already saying thank you, uh, even though, you know, I'm a beat reporter. I had nothing to do with uh, that outcome. But, uh, right, you know, you look at the key storylines around this team all offseason. There was so much talk about Russell Wilson, the trade rumors that were out there. I think that a lot of that got overblown. I, I think there was smoke. I just don't know that there was necessarily fire. But right. there's a lot of pressure on Shane Waldron, the new offensive coordinator, and everybody was wondering, what is this offense actually going to look like in game action? Well, I don't know that he could have had a better debut than what he did calling plays against the Colts last week. You saw a lot of elements to this offense that you didn't see when Brian Schottenheimer or Daryl Bevel was offensive coordinator. More misdirection, more pre-snap motion, more balance. They just mm -hmm. checked off a lot of boxes that fans were eager to see get checked off. And it's been one game. So really the key storyline to me on offense for the Seahawks what does Shane Waldron do to adapt? Because you know the Titans now have game film for a game. They've got more to work with with Russell Wilson running this offense. What trick does he have up his sleeve in week two? What adjustments is he going to make? Is he going to prove that he can make those adjustments? Because we've seen plenty of play callers have immediate success. And then once teams right. have film on them, it becomes much tougher. He's got to prove that he can step in week two, week three, week four, and continue to come up with new wrinkles to keep defensive coordinators on their heels. Yeah, I, I mean, when you look at the offense and the talent that they have there in Seattle already on the outsides, Chris Carson, it makes sense that if you add a solid offensive mind like Waldron that things could really click, especially early on when people don't have tape like you're talking about. There's still a lot of tricks in that bag. But my real question is, where do you think that – Waldron is going to look to attack this vulnerable Titans defense based on, you know, what he showed in week one. It's really interesting because based on what I saw this first game, I don't necessarily know where they are going to attack most because they were spreading the football all over the place. And Shane Waldron is going to use tight ends 
more than either one of the previous two offensive coordinators Seahawks had are going to. They're going to run a lot more 12 personnel, two tight ends in the field. You saw Gerald Everett and Will Disley making plays last week. And, of course, on the outside, you've got DK Metcalf and Tyler Lockett. The Cardinals receivers had a field day against that secondary last week. So I have a hunch that you're going to see those deep shots. But at the same time, Shane Waldron isn't going to try to force the issue getting the ball to those guys. And if the Titans are putting a lot of attention on Metcalf and Lockett, Everett and Disley are both capable playmakers for different reasons. So I think this is a game where the tight ends could really factor in. Even if the Cardinals didn't do that last week, I think that's something that we could see the Seahawks do. Looking at the Titans, as far as key storylines are concerned, I know the number one, two, and three thing that Tennessee has to figure out after last week is what is going on with the offensive line? Yeah, I think that's clearly the biggest question. And Taylor Lewan's coming off of an ACL tear. And I think it was obvious you could look at just just watch the tape and any random person could tell you, oh, that guy's getting whooped out there. But when you look a little bit deeper, it's technique issues. His balance is off. He's leaning over top heavy, getting his hands out and then losing push with, you know, with his hands. He's basically just struggling to stay balanced out on the field right now. And that makes sense for a guy who's not ready for game speed. And I think one of the one of the key storylines for me coming out is did the Titans lack of preseason reps actually hurt the team? They, they never were able to actually play together when you take the, the COVID outbreak during the preseason and then you add to the, the there's some new personnel, new starting right tackle in David Questenberry. You add Julio Jones, no Jonu Smith. So there are a few new pieces, a new offensive coordinator in Todd Downing who uh, while I think that the the panic about Todd Downing's debut for the Titans is a little over-exaggerated, it definitely wasn't a phenomenal performance. So uh, a little bit of an opposite debut of what we saw from uh, Waldron with Seattle. But I, I think if the Titans' offensive line can just maybe catch up to game speed and knock off the rust a little bit, and last week kind of looked like a preseason performance, so there has to be hope and optimism that the, the Titans will play better on the offensive line and won't completely sabotage the whole game. I know the Titans don't have a great defense either, and it wasn't a great day there, but they were put in a lot of bad positions because the offense was just out of sorts. There's no other way to put it. So the offensive line factors into the run game, which factors into play action for the Titans. So you have to start there. That is obviously the biggest storyline. But on the defensive side of the ball for the Titans, can they get stops on third down? Kyler Murray was running around all over the place making plays. And Russell Wilson may be the closest quarterback in the league when it comes to behind the line of scrimmage playmaking. So the Titans aren't going to get any sort of help there. So that that's a big storyline on the defensive side of the ball is can they deal with Russell Wilson better than they dealt with a guy like Kyler Murray? And I know that has been a consistent issue for the Titans. They were one of the worst teams in the league getting off the field last year. So yes. this feels like this is something that isn't just a one-week issue. It's been a problem. Right. 51% on, on third down opportunities last year. It was worst in the league. More than half of the third down opportunities you're giving up for first downs. And it, it was over 50 in week one as well. Yeah, I look at the personnel the Titans have, and I've kind of wondered why they've had so many issues with that. But this is a team that was near the bottom of the league for EPA on pass plays and man coverage, which is what they yep. primarily play. So there have what they want to do. been some issues for this defense. And I think that's going to be a perfect segue into next quarter when we start talking about matchups because you know Shane Waldron. We just talked about the corners a little bit ago. 
Waldron's probably licking his lips a little bit. And the, on the flip side, uh, the mm-hmm. Titans might be excited about being able to get that ground game going a little bit more and having their offense more closely resemble what we've seen the last two years. Yeah, absolutely. And before we get into the rest of this crossover Thursday between the Titans and the Seahawks, I do want to tell you guys about rockauto.com. Rock Auto is a family business that's been serving auto parts customers online for over 20 years. Rockauto.com's catalogs remarkably easy to use. It's easy to navigate. A few easy clicks get you whatever you need delivered directly to your door. So make sure that you go check out rockauto.com for all of your parts needs and use the code locked on in the how did you hear about us box right underneath your shipping information so they know that we sent you amazing selection reliably low prices all the parts your car will ever need rockauto.com We are going to continue this crossover Thursday. You have me, host of Locked on Titans, Tyler Rowland. You have Corbin Smith from Locked on Seahawks talking about the keys to the game, the key storylines coming out of week one. I talked about the Titans defense and the offense, and you talked a little bit about that Seahawks offense, but the the Seahawks defense, I think, could be obviously one of the big stories. The pass rush looks improved. What were you most impressed with in week one against the Colts? Just the depth of Seattle's pass rush. And this is something that is really foreign to Seahawks fans because the last three or four years, they have struggled to consistently be able to turn up the heat on quarterbacks with their front four. And yet last year, the second half, really what turned this defense was bringing Carlos Dunlap in. A few of their younger pass rushers started to figure things out like Alton Robinson. They didn't have Daryl Taylor last year, their second round pick out of Tennessee, and he's now healthy And he had one of the craziest sacks that I have seen in a long time working against Braden Smith, who's a very respectable tackle in this league. Just got a big four-year contract extension from the Colts. And he worked him with a bull rush and obliterated Carson Wentz in the sack. Rasheem Green is playing really well. They're getting production from Dunlap and Benson Mayoa, their interior line. Brian Monet, their 360-pound defensive tackle, was rushing the passer and hitting Carson Wentz. So that line has incredible depth. They have a lot of different types of pass rushers, a lot of versatility, interchangeability. Ken Norton Jr., the defensive coordinator, has the ability to be able to mix and match those players and keep them fresh. They even had one of their former first-round picks, LJ Collier, inactive as a healthy scratch because of the depth that they have at that position. And so I think when you're looking from a matchup perspective, that is certainly an area, especially with the way Taylor Lewan struggled last week, That is an area that I think the Seahawks absolutely can exploit if they put the Titans in a situation where they have to throw the ball more than they want to. Yeah, and and I think that that would absolutely play into what the Titans want to do here. And I think the Titans are going to want to spread things out a little bit and and try to throw the ball early and not get in the same situation they got into last week where they just couldn't run the ball and they kept going to it. You know what? If the Titans brought in these weapons – with Julio Jones, Josh Reynolds, some guys from camp like Chester Rogers have been playing well at wide receiver. Anthony Ferkser, a good receiving tight end. If you have these guys and people are just selling out against the run, well, then you got to go to the pass. And the Colts had some success last week spreading things out and shotgun and throwing it around on some short intermediate routes. And I think that's what the Titans are going to have to do here. And the problem with that is you're not going to be able to keep in tight ends and chip 
You're not going to be able to keep your backs in all the time to chip to help out on the tackles. So it's kind of a catch-22 for the Titans where they don't want to get in the same spot that they got in last week. But at the same time, they got to do what's been effective against Seattle at least in one week. So I think it's going to be quite the conundrum for Todd Downing to figure out how to play that because that Seattle pass rush does look pretty solid and looks like it has some good depth. And obviously the Titans really struggled even though there aren't a ton of Chandler Jones all around the NFL. My question for you is if you think that the Seahawks defense would be vulnerable in some place, where do you think that would be and how would you attack, I guess? As far as matchups that scare me in this game, I just talked about the fact that I think Seattle's edge rushers could potentially have a field day against the Titans' tackles from a pass rushing standpoint. I am Mm -hmm. equally fearful about what could happen in the run game because a number of the guys that I just mentioned, Benson Mayoa, Daryl Taylor, Alton Robinson, they are lighter pass rushers that are going to be trying to set the edge. And to me, the biggest strength in Taylor Lewan's game, and this is something even coming off an ACL injury, maybe this is how you get him going again. Let him get downhill and start roughing people up in the run game. If Daryl Taylor, their Sam linebacker, Mayoa, Robinson, even Rasheem Green being a bigger body guy, if those guys are not able to bring their hard hat and they are not able to set the edge, play physical football at the point of the attack, the ability to run off tackle. I'm not talking running sweeps and pitches and stuff, but off tackle runs, that could be what gets this Titans offense going. You get some play action working off of it. So that is the area I'm most concerned with. They don't have a ton of depth in the interior defensive line either as far as big bodies. Al Woods is their number three defensive tackle, a solid player, but there's a drop off after that as far as your 290 plus defensive tackles. So they could get worn down too. I, I think the ability to, con- set, to set the edge, to contain, be able to physically hold up at the point of attack against the tackles, that is probably the area that I think is the biggest question mark in terms of that front line. And if they're not able to get the pass rush going, the corners, I think the best thing you can say about DJ Reed and Trey Flowers right now is you are cautiously optimistic that these two can get the job done because the Colts receivers are not the Tennessee Titans receivers. True. That That is a fact. And speaking of receivers, that is my most worrisome matchup for the Titans is the wide receivers of the Seattle Seahawks going up against the secondary of the Tennessee Titans. So the Titans flipped their assets in the offseason. They took the money out of the secondary. They cut Kenny Vaccaro. They cut Malcolm Butler and Adoree Jackson. And they put that money into the front seven, specifically on the defensive line, with edge rusher Bud Dupree and then defensive lineman Danico Autry. So when you do that, how do you replace what you lost in the secondary? Well, you add youth. And the Titans elevated from a backup role, uh, Amani Hooker, who's in his third season as a safety. And he deserved to be elevated. He played well. but He has a foot injury that he suffered in week one. He was placed on IR, so he's going to be out for this game. The Titans had a ton of injuries at the safety position throughout the training camp and preseason time period. And now, a former Seattle Seahawk, Bradley McDougal, is going to step into the starting role. So, when you have that, and then you have the youth at the cornerback position with Elijah Molden, who's a rookie playing in the slot. Christian Fulton, a second-year player outside. Caleb Farley is a primary backup who's a rookie who's kind of struggled throughout training camp. And you're going up against Tyler Lockett, one of the best deep ball trackers in the entire NFL. You're going up against DK Metcalf 
who's a physical specimen who, from my tape study, the Seahawks were moving him around. He caught a touchdown pass from the slot. If you have DK Metcalf matched up in the slot in the red zone against Elijah Molden, who's about 5'10", 5'11", that's going to be a problem. The Titans' best safety, Kevin Byard, has struggled consistently for a year and a half covering tight ends or anyone in man coverage. So you get a guy like Gerald Everett who's got size and speed, and you get him one-on-one against Kevin Byard in the red zone, that could spell trouble as well. So the Titans are going to have their hands full with individual matchups between their secondary and then the wide receiver and tight end talent of Seattle. And that's something we did not mention on our Wednesday show because Kevin Byard has been a player that I have had a ton of respect for ever since he's yes. come into the league. But this is why I outlined tight end as a as a position that I thought maybe in this game could be a position that is advantageous to the Seahawks in the passing game. In particular, if they have Byard playing deep, just trying to have a security blanket for the two receivers on the outside – not you good. end up with matchups. Gerald Everett is just perfect for this offense. And Will Disley is a very underrated receiver. So, yeah, I just look at the weapons they have on the outside. And I feel like every game, every matchup that they've got, as long as they can keep their guys healthy, that is going to be an area the Seahawks feel pretty good about. Whereas the Titans, I would say, even the way things played out last week, when you've got big number 22 back there and some of the hosses that they've got in the offensive line – you always got to believe you're going to be able to get that thing rolling. And so that certainly is something that concerns me going into this week two matchup. We're going to be diving into predictions and keys to victory here coming up soon. But first off, I want to tell you about Bet Online. We're back and better than ever. All eyes are on the gridiron as teams are back to start another football season. As always, Bet Online is your number one spot for all the pro and college football action this season. With the new updated site and interface, even more odds, props, and contests, BetOnline.ag continues to be the number one source for everything football. Make sure to head to the website or use your mobile device to sign up today to receive your 100% welcome bonus. That's double your initial deposit just for signing up. Make sure to use the promo code NFL100 from football, boxing, basketball, right to your favorite Vegas casino games. Don't wait to take advantage of the amazing offers available for the 2021 season. Bet online, your online sportsbook experts. Continuing our Locked On crossover episode, Locked On Titans, Locked On Seahawks. I'm Corbin Smith. We're Locked On Seahawks, joined by Tyler Rowland of Locked On Titans. We just broke down a couple matchups we're concerned about. Let's get to the keys to victory. Obviously not the opener the Titans were hoping for against the Arizona Cardinals. I don't know that I like seeing what the Arizona Cardinals did in that game because right. this is a division that is an absolute gauntlet and seeing the Cardinals looking mm-hmm. that good is extremely worrisome. But this is a Titans team that has a lot of talent and they have a very good track record bouncing back when they get beat, particularly by double digits under Mike yep. Vrabel. So, Looking at this game on offense and defense, what are the two biggest keys, in your opinion, for the Titans to fly cross-country and beat the Seahawks at Lumen Field? Well, I, I think that the, the number one key is going to be success on first down. So last week in the first half, the Titans ran 13 plays, and they ended up with 54 yards, but 39 of those yards came on a flea flicker uh, pass to Chester Rogers. So if you take out the 39-yard play, that means out of 12 plays, they had 15 yards on first down. 
you you can't have that. You can't start every single drive in second and nine. It just ruins the opportunity that they have to get to their play action game, to do anything creative in the run game. You're really behind the eight ball if you do that. So the Titans have to find a way to block well enough on the offensive line to not come out and have second and long every single time in the first half. That's going to be the key. You just have to have first down success. And if I'm the Titans, I'm going to go to the play action fake on first down rather than wait for second down to do that. I think that's an adjustment that they didn't fully commit to in week one that would have helped earlier on before things got out of hand. So for me, if the Titans can go to the play-action pass on first down and that lead them to more success on first down to just give them easier opportunities to convert, I think that's going to be the major key. And then the second key for the Titans on defense is you cannot allow the Seahawks receivers to beat you deep. You have to make Seattle earn it, matriculate the ball down the field, ham and egg it, nickel and dime it, whatever analogy you want. You got to make the Seahawks earn it three plays after three plays after three plays. You cannot give up the 69-yard bomb to Tyler Lockett. You cannot give up the deep pass down the sideline to DK Metcalf. You can't give up the long run on the scramble by Russell Wilson or the big run 40 yards for Chris Carson. You just have to make them earn it. Whenever the Titans play well on defense in big games against good opponents, that's what they do. They stick to that philosophy, they keep it safe, and they don't give up any X plays. So Seattle's offense and the talent they have is tailor-made for those big explosive plays that change games. You cannot allow those or you're going to get beat because the crowd's going to get rolling. And we know that the Titans defense can't get enough stops consistently where Seattle gets those X plays quickly. It'll just turn the tide too much. And it's interesting that you say that because now looking from Seattle's perspective, I think they have to do what they did last week to an extent. They got to wait, 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 and then strike. Wait for that opportunity because the way the Titans secondary played last week, the youth they've got back there, some of the veterans that they have played at that position as well, this is a group that's had issues with giving up big plays. And so it might be easy for the Seahawks to go into this light. You know what? We're going to game plan. We're going to take our shots. But I really liked what they did against the Colts last week, who, in my opinion, have a very similar defense in some regards to what the Titans do in terms of personnel. I think the Titans have not been able to be near as effective, but I feel like there's some very similar players, some youth in the secondary for the Colts, very similar to what the Titans have. The Colts secondary was right for those shots, but they didn't force the issue. So I'd like to see the Seahawks do that again. Use this new offensive scheme that you have to really take advantage of that short to intermediate game let Russell Wilson get in a rhythm, getting the football out of his hands. You have playmakers like Gerald Everett and DK Metcalf who can create after the catch. Maybe Freddie Swain with D. Eskridge being out this week, most likely. Freddie Swain's another guy that has the ability to break arm tackles and create yardage after the catch. You do that, you run the football well. Those shot plays are going to be there, whether the Titans are game planning for it or not. It's right. kind of like what they did to the Colts at the end of the first half last week where they kind of lulled them to sleep a little bit. And you do that, Russell Wilson is going to burn you with those rainbow passes. So I think preaching patience here is key. You want to take those shots, but make sure that you are taking them at the right opportunity and don't force the issue because they did too much of that in the second half last year. And on defense, it's number one, number two, number three, number 22 priority. You got to stop number 22. 
I, I think that the run game for the Titans, I mentioned how I'm concerned about the matchups, particularly on the edge. As you mentioned, the Titans don't want to come out and try to run the ball a billion times and not have success. But at the same time, I feel like that might be their best bet early to really get the Seahawks defense on their heels. They haven't seen Derrick Henry more than they saw him one time, and he was a backup to DeMarco Murray then. This is a player they have immense respect for. I look at Seattle's defensive line, particularly those edge positions, and I feel like that is an area they can take advantage of. Use some of those first down play actions to get the ball downfield to your stud receivers and take advantage of those cornerbacks on the outside. You can mitigate that pass rush by doing that. And so uh, to me, it's all about corralling number 22. Ryan Tannehill's a great quarterback. They've got great receivers, but at this juncture, I'm not letting number 22 be the one that beats me, particularly on my home field. I've got the 12s back being super loud. I'm going to force Ryan Tannehill in the passing game to beat me when we've got the crowd with our pass rushers teaming up, and that can make it difficult for any offense. Yeah, yeah, I think that's a sound plan, and you talked about the 12s back, and I think that'll be a big factor as well. Mike Vrabel even said in his press conference on Wednesday that the Titans had to practice silent count this week because they're you know not used to fans being in the stands and that being a factor from last year, which just the wording of that makes me wonder, why were you not practicing silent count throughout training camp? Oh, that's right, because your starting quarterback was out for 10 days on the COVID list because Julio Jones didn't practice a single second because your starting left tackle came back from an ACL and barely practiced in any of the preseason games, made any plays. Your center, your guard were both on the COVID list for 10 days. Oh, that's why you aren't ready to go for things like that. Might have something to do with it. But with that in mind, I think the Titans can get back on track um, but I don't think it's going to happen this early. Taylor Lewan's ACL and his game shape and conditioning is not going to be back where it needs to be in week two after week one. Uh, similarly with some other players, same thing. They're not going to be, the Titans are in a preseason funk because they haven't played together on offense, and I don't think that's going to be entirely solved this week. And quite frankly, even though the Titans defense looked better last week, even though you wouldn't know it from just looking at the box score and looking at the score of the game, but uh, I, don't, I still don't think that the Titans defense is going to be good enough to hold up against the Seattle Seahawks attack. So my prediction for this game is 31-21 to 21 Seattle wins. Uh, I think it's probably, you know, a 14, maybe 17-point game in the fourth quarter. The Titans score late to make it look closer than it is. But 31-21 is what I think the outcome will ultimately be. You and I are pretty much on the same tangent in terms of scores. I, I just... I don't trust this Titans defense to be able to, for four quarters, keep this offense of Seattle's down. I just don't see it happening. I look at the way they played defensively last year and the fact that their two best pass rushers off the edge on today's injury report, Bud Dupree did not practice. Uh, Harold Landry was limited. If they are shorthanded with their edge rushers on top of some of the other issues they've got defensively, with the talent that Seattle has on offense, this new scheme that seems like it's best uh, best fit for the skill sets they have with these players on offense. I just feel like the Seahawks, are they're going to have a little too much. The 12s are going to be amped, mm-hmm. too. They yep. are so fired up to be back out there. This is a really good Titans football team that I think will get things figured out. Right. I, I just right. don't I, I don't think they're going to in this game. So yep. I'm going a little higher scoring. I think it goes 34-24. So you and I are very similar with scores. I think right. the Titans will find some success moving the ball through the mm-hmm. air against Seattle secondary. I think Derrick yep. Henry's gonna have a solid bounce back game. A better day. But in the end, 
I think the Seahawks and Russell Wilson, they just, they're going to be clicking on all cylinders, the home crowd backing them. I just can't see them losing this game. Yeah, I, I, I'm with you. We're on the same page. Uh, maybe even if it ends up being, you know, a touchdown game instead of 10 points, either way, I do still think Seattle finds a way to come out on top. But what an excellent crossover episode. I mean, you could not be more ready for this matchup uh, than you are after listening to a crossover Thursday between me, Tyler Rowland, host of the Locked on Titans podcast, Corbin Smith, host of the Locked on Seahawks podcast. Had a great time tonight. Hope you guys did as well. Make sure you check out the respective shows on Friday for a solid, complete game preview to get you even more ready for this matchup on Sunday. But I will speak for Corbin and myself and say thank you very much for listening. We will catch you guys on Friday.